You're a funny guy, Sally. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. What do you want to tell me now, tough guy? I said, Bing, what are you doing here? I thought I'd tell you to go fuck your mother. <laughs> you don't trust me at all, do you? I tell you what, you make it through tomorrow without killing anybody, then I'll start trusting you. Fair enough. Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did. I lied. All right, this is Kill You Last. I'm Peter Garacci. I'm Alex Peshera. This is, what are we calling this? Pandemic emergency episode number two? Pandemic emergency pod number two, I believe. Is that what we, it was, what do we call it? Number, pandemic emergency number one? Well, this is the first official video podcast for Kill You Last. That's right. Ever. First time ever. It only ever. took the world coming to an end for us to finally get video technology. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, but um, um, we're both in uh, our remote bunkers yes, uh, doing this. Called we to- New Jersey. Uh, I'm actually back in the city. Oh, okay. Um, I'm in Jersey still. Yeah. I was in Jersey today. And I mean, this is what we should, I mean, we should be talking about this. I, I, was, in, I was in Jersey. Let's drop a date on these folks. Today is, what is today? The 24th? Today is March 24th. Yeah. So it's day like 12, a uh, day, no, not even day nine of the pandemic really officially. I don't know when the official start date was. I don't think you could really say. So I had a show Friday the 13th. Mine and got canceled on Friday. And even that, it was like, do we want to go to this show? Yeah, it was people, very much like people that. Were, people were feeling like a little risky. They're yeah. like, oh, I'm gonna go to, I'm gonna go to a comedy show. I don't give a shit. I was at the stand that night. Uh, yeah, I saw I had you afterwards. I had a, yeah, I saw you that night. Yeah. Oh, I was hanging out in the green room with Sherrod and um, a few other friends. Shout out Shelly and all them. Yeah, that that was a fun night. And Josh Wesson, but it was his show, and then it got canceled. Like. An hour before it was supposed to go on. That was the first night people in the city, a lot of people were coming up to me uh, at the club that were comics and were like, I think this is the last night for comedy. And they kind of, they were right. Like, yeah, that, so that was 12 days ago. So now yeah. everything is shut down. Restaurants, every public gathering. Um, I was in Jersey. So I actually, uh, the house that I've been building for the last year, I scheduled my final inspection for Monday. And I was like, are they going to cancel this? Like everything is yeah. shut down. And they actually uh, just went ahead. And uh, the building inspector who'd been there a few times during the course of the building of the house literally said, he goes, I, I canceled all my appointments. But when I saw that this was you, I didn't cancel it. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So he, cause he knows like, I'm not a builder. I'm just like a regular guy building a house for my family. So I wasn't, I'm not like a big construction company. Right. Right. So, that um, makes sense. That's nice. So yeah. So I, it's so weird because then like the lady, like they shut the construction office. So she's like calling me. She's like, Oh, we're going to email and mail everything. So you mm-hmm. obviously can't come into the office to pick anything up. Right. So yeah, I stayed down there and a guy that I know from down there called me. He goes, I hope you're not in the city. And I go, why? He goes, it's like, it's so bad over there. I was like, well, I have my cat. I don't know what to do. So I came back here and I'm just going to have to decide, you know, if I'm going to stay, uh, honestly, if I had this microphone and the cat, I would have just stayed down the shore, but, um, it when was beautiful you, down oh, there. Yeah, I, I was like, walk- sorry, you didn't want to bring the cat. That's cause I was going to say, well, no, that's, I mean, my- if I had, I went down there without the cat. So I was like, I got to, right. I that's what I mean. Back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I went, I went back, but, um, so we're doing the movie King of New York, which is 1990 Abel Ferrara, uh, with Christopher Walken playing basically a drug kingpin. Yeah. And yep. I wanted to do this for two reasons. One, I've met Abel Farrar briefly and kind of become obsessed with him as sort of this like New York figure. But two, also like, it's just a really sad, like New York City is, 
awful right now. Like obviously yeah. like the whole world is, it's, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it's a perfectly like narcissistic New York thing to be like, Oh man. Hey, got, oh man. Pa- the bars in New York, the, the <laughs> bars in New York suck right now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. No, they're like this movie, like in 90, like New York city, you could see had an energy to it that makes New York city vital that in a lot of ways was already disappearing anyway. And New York is, is right. like kind of become something that it wasn't before. But um, what do you mean? So just because of the, because well, it's just like, it's not like, and I don't romanticize like the seventies, like I call them the New York is hellhole movies where New York is literally right. like all the trains are covered in graffiti and, and it's just like junkies and, and hookers everywhere. But even in like 90, when the city started to clean up, it still had like an energy to it. And it was like a little danger and it just sort of became like where, you know, guys who graduated from Purdue and University of Wisconsin came after college. To Specifically like those two universities. Fine. I don't know. I'm just like thinking of like Fuck you if you went there. Uh, it's fine. You. It's fine. Fuck I don't think family. Do fans there. Um, Fuck them. I don't like them. No, but it's just the like Badgers, they're, they're, Wisconsin. You know, and Abel Ferrara, it's funny because Abel Ferrara left New York in like after 9-11. So he's like another one who just kind of, because there's always like that, there's always that. Like, Peter, get get a little closer to the mic, man. There's always that right. question. Do you, you know, is New York done? Do you stay in New York? Do you leave New York? Is it right. worth it? Right. Um, I want to stay. I want a lot of other people to leave. So maybe this will cause a lot of people to leave. It might. It might. It, well, temporarily for sure it has. I'm out of there. Yeah. I never leave. But so it's just, mean, a weird, it's just a weird time and we're, you know, we want to just keep making stuff. And yes. I've, been, I've, I've been wanting to like read. I don't know how. I, I know you're working yeah i'm working i'm working from home uh for those of you out there that have an office job i mean i assume most of you're doing the same just basically the exact same amount of work all the shit i i i knew i could do this from home and they just made me come into the office for no reason apparently because i'm doing literally more work uh from home and doing it more efficiently like quicker so a lot of people i know are working from home and and that Mm -hmm. it's kind of my brother had the same kind of take it's like you know maybe people don't need to spend three hours in a car commuting to an office yeah, anymore exactly. if they can just do the work that they yep. were doing at home. I mean, me, I'm in a little bit of a unique situation because literally I was working on a big project that culminated yesterday, weirdly. And, at, you know, I got my... It so was you got it approved, fi- right? Yeah, I got the, what's called, you get the final inspection and you get what's called a CO, Certificate of Occupancy. So when they're going to mail me the paperwork... So it was like, it was weirdly like anticlimactic because I'm like all worked up. I'm all nervous. The guy shows up. He's there for five minutes. Mm. He's like, looks great. Congratulations. And leaves. That's it. And that's all I had to do for the day. And so then I, I kind of became like just, I'm not like depressed, but I'm like list, listless. Like I don't quite was, know what to you, do you, with. Will you accomplish your goal basically? Yeah. Because now that's it's a like, good what, feeling. What do I, yeah, but what do I do now? And so I, I want to read. I want to do, I want to write all this stuff. And I just, well, I, I'll I, need, say I might this. need a little bit more quarantine time. I'll say this. I uh, I don't know about you, but I feel like all the social distancing, quarantining, and whatnot, it's making me feel like an urge to be more creative. Like I feel like uh, guilty that I'm not being more creative. And and when I do end up like doing something like this, setting up a podcast, figuring out the video setup, and you know, do, getting all this to work, I feel good about it because I feel like I'm using my time. So like. I feel like I wasn't really thinking about my creative output too, too much. I sh- probably should be. But basically now with all the time to think and not really consider going out with friends or, you know, a girl or anything like that, I think 
it's good. It's good for my creativity. This kind oh, of, I mean, we're making, we're doing this. This is, we're taking this yeah. podcast to another level. I've gone live the last two days and like did some, like, yeah. I did like a tour of the house yesterday, which, and I got a lot of, we were talking about on the phone earlier. It's like, there's a lot of people that will see your stuff in social media, but not necessarily engage. So right. you don't know that they're seeing it. And it, it's funny. There's something about even, even like, there's this notion that social media is sort of the great equalizer when it comes to like celebrity and like art where if like you could just make something and just put it out there and then people right. will see yeah. it. But there's still like the kind of the cult of celebrity. So oh, sure. yeah. if a celebrity makes a thing, so in a way it's just another way for celebrities to have more access to their fans more than it is about creating new celebrities in a weird way. It does I'm create like, new celebrities. Though, I'm for looking sure. like, you know, Sebastian Maniscalco videos on Instagram and, and people that I know are like commenting on his videos. I'm like, why, why are you doing that? It's just like, they want to be, I think it's just a type of engagement. They just want to be part of this thing where they feel like a well, connection with you're the friends artist. with a bunch of guineas from Jersey. Of that's course, true, that's, true. that's his demo. Oh, they, why love, they love them. Yeah. Why are you surprised at that? No, but it's just, it's, my mom loves Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah, I, I like him too, and I appreciate what he. Yeah, I it's appreciate great. How he created. I'm just saying, like our friends his are his career. demo, like a hundred percent. But um, when it's when it comes to like us, it's like like us meaning like people in the our, little guys, our no, our our colleagues, people who are not famous yet, but that are making art and like doing you, good stuff. Sure. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like, oh, hey, that's that cool thing that you do, but I wouldn't necessarily tell anybody else about it. Whereas there's more. What do you mean? I'm sorry. Like I'm they're a not, like people lost. are not necessarily sharing it or like talking about it or engaging it. They just like, they're like, Oh, that's that like, a guy that I know does this funny thing or this interesting thing. Right. Are you saying like to them, they're still, that's your friend that does that thing. And it's yeah, not, they don't like, see not it. legitimized to them. It's like, it's like your, your mom seeing you on stage and not knowing why you're funny. You know, it's weird. Sense. It's kind of like how YouTubers, there's a few, like really, there's a couple of really successful and really, really funny YouTubers. Um, that can sell out theaters, like it, that can sell out like a theater tour, make a ton of money, but they don't, people would never share them as like, this is um, my favorite comic or this is my favorite type of comedy. They're like, even though they're more successful, they have more reach uh, than, than our favorite comics and stuff. Yeah. It's just like, they're not legitimized. I'm always just interested. Not, like I, I, I was at Governors one time and there was these twins who were like YouTube stars and they like sold out yeah. Governors and I've never heard of them. And Governors is just a club. That's like a 300 seater. I'm talking these, there's a few of them. Oh, back. The, even bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Theater tours, dude, where they make literally, you know, you can make a hundred grand on a theater tour. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I was, I was kind of against the whole going live and making videos thing, but I did it. I was like, you know, cause, cause I don't, I'm not doing it for the other comics I know. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I'm doing it for the other friends of mine who maybe are like- Who are in your literate, like your social network before maybe- you Yeah, they're, and they're bummed out and they're bored and they're looking for something to do and it's a way. And so like I, I, I had like all this engagement from people that I don't necessarily engage with on social media today and yesterday. I was like, oh, this is cool. Like, this is why you do it. So like you're giving people like a little, little bit of joy and entertainment. Right. Um, no, I mean, I think you're, you're doing it right. We're, we're just getting started here. I'm getting yeah. more conspiratorial every day that passes. Oh man, because I asked you that on the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, now? it it's funny how I'm sure it's a coincidence, but it's funny when like all the conspiracy theories like come true. Like, <laughs> all right, what do you mean? <laughs> I'm a little bit. Uh, well, you know, lost. it's like, and then it, and maybe maybe it's just too good to be true, or it's like it's like confirmation bias. It's like when when like Epstein 
like yeah. commit suicide. It's like, oh, that's, it's like, it's almost so on the nose that you, it, you don't want to believe it because it seems like a joke. Well, because you want to be contrarian or something? It's the way, you know, you remember mean? when like Chappelle, when Chappelle was like doing his like hiding out in Africa and then he came back and yeah. he did, um, um, what's it called? Uh, Inside the Actor's Studio. Uh, sure. I he guess did a so. great, if you guys have never, if you've never seen that, I'm sure it's on YouTube. He, he uh, the Inside the Actor's Studio show, he got interviewed on it. He's so smart and he's so Oh my like, God, Chappelle's he, brilliant. And he said, he goes, he goes, when you want to, um, when you want to undermine a person, especially in Hollywood, you, you call them crazy. So yeah. If everybody oh, I remember this. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he's crazy. Martin Lawrence is crazy. Mm-hmm. Roseanne is crazy. Norm Macdonald is crazy. It's sure. funny how like all the really smart ones uh, <laughs> and like successful ones are, are quote unquote crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, no, totally understand what you're saying. Like, so again, like I, I just don't know, there's just a lot of stuff going on that doesn't really make sense. And I, you know, I hope people are, like I said, I don't want anybody to get sick and I want, hope people are healthy and this, this passes, but Mm-hmm. It's just weird how everything is going. I think it's funny, like the the New York political angle of this, like mayor versus yeah, governor. that's a really interesting story. Well, everyone's like, like everyone's on like the Andrew Cuomo train. That's our vantage point. We are New York City artists, like so. Well, yes, right, no, I think there's a lot. There's going to be a push for him to like. Oh no, for sure, for sure, he is like the liberal darling right now, or with the Democrat darling right and now. And it's funny because when the presidential, the the early in the presidential primary. Um, I was like, why are these guys such fucking bows? Like, why can't they get it together? Like, you, you, you think you could oppose right. Trump and not be insane, but they can't seem to pull it off. And then I saw Cuomo and I saw de Blasio mm. and I came up with like a little idea. Like, Cuomo represents like the Democratic Party from before, which is like ethnic yeah. Yeah. and like yeah. labor, labor and guys who yeah. get shit done. Yeah, like it's not a no, coincidence. No nonsense. An, no yeah, nonsense guy. It's not a coincidence. He's an Italian guy from New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, you know, and it's not a it's not a coincidence that governors tend to make good presidents because they're already in charge of shit. Whereas de Blasio is exactly the like the if you were gonna make a joke about what like a yes, like a yes. bullshit right. like SJ like his wife is just like not an even ex- at, not even SJW, just like just a real incompetent Democrat. Yeah, like his guy. wife yeah, is like yeah. an ex, like radical lesbian. And oh, he's yeah. like, he's come out saying that, he, you know, he wishes that we would like abolish private property. Like every, again, like every, <laughs> everything that you would say, so like crazy. sounds like a conspiracy theory when like people say it, like, oh, if we let these people get power, they're going to take away our rights. He like literally embodies that. And yeah. there's just something very phony about him. And so like Cuomo is like a, such a breath of fresh air because he comes from that time when it was like, Oh, you know, you got a pothole on your block. Let's call, mm-hmm. let's call the the t- town hall and, you know, raise hell and they'll come out and they'll fix the pot. Like that kind of politics, that kind mm-hmm. of like old school machine politics mm-hmm. is what the Democrats used to do. And they mm-hmm. don't do that anymore. They're not the party of labor anymore. And it's interesting because like now like labor, I mean, what does labor even mean? Like people are literally can't work, which is nuts. Um, I was thinking about this the other day. So, um you have these these countries that are uh like in the like in asia but they're the surrounding uh countries to china not necessarily like communists not at all communists like uh south korea and uh japan which are just doing a much better job of like handling this not even from a political perspective you could argue that for sure but i'm talking about like the people the public in general 
they have had more practice with this when SARS and everything that like came out, they were, they, they've had this sort of thing happen before, maybe not on this scale, but they have had practice runs for this and you could see it in their, in the data and I believe like South Korea's data, I believe Japan's data, China, who knows, but like their data, even though they have much less death rates, I believe it because they ha- they've had more practice in Asia for like a real pandemic. This has happened to them before. So I don't even necessarily think it's, it's like, yes, the political response was bad and, and whatever, like you could say, um, there's a million reasons for that. And I'm not even saying one side is, 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 you know, Whatever I don't I don't think Trump Trump did a good job handling it, but I it, th- that's my personal opinion. It th- definitely doesn't matter. I think anyone that was in charge of America would have had a tough time doing this because American people have never had to shut down businesses. They've never had to not go to work. This is completely unprecedented for pretty much the entire West. So especially America. And it's funny because all the things that you would praise right now about like how say like. Korea or Singapore or Japan, yeah. like at any other time, it sounds racist and nationalistic because it is exactly that. The what do you mean? They're, the reason they're good at this kind of stuff is because they're like, they're one ethnic group. They're, they're mm. social cohesion. They're all, mm-hmm. the problem with when everyone, people are like, True. Why, can't we have, why can't we be like Norway? Well, the, Norway's America tiny. Because America is a continent where people don't necessarily, look at, look at New York City. I don't know the people that live yeah. on my floor. Of course. I don't have any kind of community sense. I don't have any kind of like, we grew up together. We're from the same neighborhood. We're from the same ethnic group. We went to church together. There's none of that here. So like in, in places right. like South Korea and Japan, that still uh, exists. Now, Italy is a place I do know of. And you would think that Italy would be a place like that. But Italy has been in bad shape for a long time. They're, like, they're, their culture has been falling apart for decades. And they're not... Yeah, but- Okay, they're not health like they're old. They're not. They're not having kids. They don't have any social cohesion at all. They're huge. They're smokers and right. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a, like a lot of drugs in New York City, which I've, I've heard some things that like in Italy, which is New York City or something. Uh, like no, in Italy, like illicit drug mm-hmm. use, like you know, weakening of immune systems, which mm-hmm. might pe- make people more susceptible uh, to getting sick. Gotcha. Um, well, but it's well, also like and Italians are very suspicious of authority yeah yeah and they're yep. very uh, suspicious of every like they're little like i mean i have jokes in my act where it's like my you know people from the next town over are no good like they're they're very much and then it, it's whatever whatever group you're in it's uh somebody's the bad guy so if you're in southern italy you hate the northern italians if you're in your town you don't like the people from the next town over if you're in on your block that lady down the, the corner is you know she's a she's no good they're always they're very, um, very suspicious and very. Uh, there, there isn't like the like the kind of the amount of social cohesion you would expect where people would come together to uh, like kind of unite in a in a in the face of uh, like a hardship like this. Where I would I would suspect that, and I, I've never been to Asia, and I've you know limited exposure, but I from what I understand, like. They're, they, they... Yeah, there, there's these elements to it, like the not to cut you off, but there's these elements of social cohesion, cohesion, and all of that. But it's really mostly that they've had experience with this. Like, think about the like. Let's say this were to happen two years from now, after all this has happened, right? Let's just say that this were to happen two years from now, we would absolutely close shit or shut shit down way earlier. We would know, yeah. but yeah, we would know though. We would have a practice run. This t- took everyone off like by surprise like it, it it's super obvious like really think about if this were to happen in two years 
You do not think our response would be prompt? You don't See, think it would be more prompt or so, like well thought out? I mean, of course it would. Actually, I don't know. Cause like, so for the reason I built this house is because our last house got, uh, right. Hurricane Sandy. Sandy. Mm-hmm. Now hurricane Sandy, a lot of people didn't take very seriously because the year before was hurricane Irene. Right. And we and were Jersey never I, gets hit with hurricanes. Yeah. And so, but, I, but in Jersey, we were ready for Irene. And then I remember I moved my sister's car cause she was like away and she was mm-hmm. worried about her like stuff in her house. Like, mm-hmm. and, uh, cause she, she was living down the shore. And then Irene turned out to be kind of a dud in the Northeast. So when Sandy came, we're like, oh, here goes this bullshit again. So if anything, if this turns out to be like, we're in a couple of weeks, like we're, we just sort of forgot that this happened. The next time we get warned. How are we going to That's. I'm sorry. That's not going to happen, man. It, mm, it's not. We're know. not. How are we going to forget about this in a couple of weeks? It's still going to be happening. It's not even going to be the peak death rate in two weeks. It's not even going to be like. Like we're still going to be climbing. Yeah, but everything is because everything is accelerating, and we're we're literally forgetting like major like world events like a couple weeks later. We're we're being yeah yeah no in general, but this is big, dude. This is this is this is this goes beyond that. That general like things are accelerating the internet uh, globalization. This is beyond that. This is a global pandemic that shut down the entire world economy. Yeah, I mean it's it's the biggest thing in our lifetimes probably. Yeah, we'll see. We will definitely see. I think uh, so. I mean, I'm a little done. worried about a depression starting because. Oh yeah. I yeah, think I think it, it probably will. will. I don't even think like like yeah, U.S. but also just across the world. Like this, this, it, this impacted everyone in the fucking world at the same time. Think about how crazy that is. Everyone in the fucking entire world at the same time is going through the same shit. How crazy yeah. is that? No, it's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. Because back in like the Spanish flu days, you couldn't. We didn't have the technology and the telecommunication power to like, you know, communicate instantly. So people were reacting to it. Countries were reacting to it in like different time, you know, like, but this is like literally day to day that the vastly different types of cultures and people are doing this similar shit or at least responding to the same threat, which is very, very crazy. Yeah. Everyone's, I mean, it's, everyone's on edge. It's, it's so strange. It's, it's a very weird Weird time. Should we talk about the movie a little bit? Yeah, uh, I want to talk about like Abel. Fra- I want to talk about Abel Ferrara. So I, I was never interested. Did you in even Abel- uh, say the movie yet? Oh, so King of New York. King of New York um, with Christopher Walken. Yeah, uh, uh, Wesley Snipes. I just want to oh, get a few stars out of the way. A lot of guys. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, Lawrence David Fishburne. Caruso. Who is on the liner notes in this movie is Larry Fishburne. Fishburne? I think he, he was Larry for a long time. Larry Fishburne is so yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. It was so, so weird. So he's interesting because he, we talked he was, about him. By the way, he was fantastic in this. He's, he, this is like his breakout role. I mean, he, what did I we didn't, just do with him that we just talked about him? Or maybe we just mentioned him when we were We doing, mentioned um, him because I thought it was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was some other guy. So he had been know. around and he does this movie. And then two years later, he does a movie called Deep Cover, which is one of my favorite movies where he plays an undercover cop who goes so deep uh, uh, as, as a, drug dealer that he actually becomes a drug dealer i fucking love that movie but this was kind of his breakout uh role and it 90s like an interesting time because like a lot of these guys like steve buscemi's in it uh yes john, yes john carlo Giannini, uh lawrence fishburne david caruso wesley like these guys were all like about to pop right and yeah right so so um christopher walken is just getting out of jail in the beginning of the movie he's getting out of sig sing and he's like some crime boss and you don't quite know what's going on. Like, it's going to be like business as usual. He's going to get back to like the drug game. Mm-hmm. But, and this is what like, the movie is 
like nuts. Like he wants to like become, he literally wants to become like Robin Hood and he wants to become mayor of, and I, and I was watching it again and I was like, I hate like the turning drug dealers into saints. I, I, yeah, I, I, okay. I, I have a few problems with the film, but then also like questions because I don't know what they're trying to say necessarily. Cause they're like, he, I thought this movie was in insanely dark and like really shockingly like brutal. Yeah. Like, it's very violent film. There are so many uh, points in this film right before a gunshot to the head that I was like, Oh my God, I didn't, I didn't realize it was going to be like, I thought the response was going to be like a stern talking to, and no, it's a fucking Uzi to the, like the eardrum. Like it's yeah. like, like the most brutal kill scene. So uh, Christopher Walken's character, like the main character, the, the protagonist, he's, he, he kills so many people needlessly. And it, 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 towards the end of the film, he says like, I, I never killed anyone who didn't deserve it. And it's like, what are you talking about, yeah, he's man? He's killing so cops many, left and right. He's killing people. <laughs> it's, like, it's not just cops. It's like, it's like people that didn't deserve it. Like people that were his friends and, 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 and then people die be- as a result of him all the time. Even the woman um, that he's been with the whole film, yeah, he just so shoots her. The screenplay like, is the worst part of this movie. Like the script. Yeah, it's a little strange. I don't, but my point, my question is, let me just ask this. I don't know if the film necessarily is saying that he's the, in the right. I think they're, they're saying he's not in the right this entire time. So you can't like, you can't talk about it without talking about the guys who, so Sure. Abel Farrar directed it, and Nicholas St. John is the screenwriter. They made a bunch of movies together. They went to, I think they went to high school together, and then they went to NYU film school together. So they made a porn. Oh, wow. And they made Abel? A movie, uh, yeah, it's like a real, like, porn film that they, like, wrote and directed together. Did they star in it? Uh, I, don't, I don't even know. But uh, then they made a, a movie called The Driller Killer, mm-hmm. and I just watched that. And it is so shitty. It looks, it's a 16 millimeter film. It looks like shit. It sounds like shit. And Abel is like a young artist in Manhattan who can't like make a go of it. So he like loses his mind and starts killing bums with a drill. Whoa. It's so vicious. He literally starts drilling them and, and killing them. And this became this like underground like film and then he did another film called Miss 45 about a deaf girl who gets raped twice back to back. So then oh, she be- fuck, dude. So then she becomes down. A, a, she becomes a vigilante and she just starts killing guys left and right. So this is how these guys started. So King of New York is really considered like their masterpiece and then they made Bad Lieutenant after this with uh, Harvey Keitel which is even more Harvey Keitel plays that's a movie about a nun getting raped in a church. And then Harvey Keitel is a degenerate nice. gambler, drug addict cop who's investigating the rape and like literally like has visions of Jesus and like is losing his mind. And it's just like so grungy and grimy and just like crazy. Actually, so Nicholas St. John didn't even write, didn't work on that movie because he was like, this movie's too blasphemous for me. <laughs> so Abel did it with another writer. But um yeah, so you have to know these guys that like literally this is like this is them like polished. So they're actually yeah, more like a Hollywood film more for them. grimy and more Got capable it. of like really like, understood crazier shit. And I never like I knew about Abel and I knew about King of New York and I knew about Bad Lieutenant, but I wasn't really into it. And then um about I don't know, I would guess about seven, eight years ago, my buddy who's a musician somehow randomly got like the job to be Abel's personal assistant 
on a film. Yeah. So I think you told me. I think I might have told the people, but like, I, like, this is like one of my favorite. Go ahead. Yeah. Or is it? So, so he's like, you know, got him an apartment. He had to like figure out how to get him like a U cause like Abel's been living in Italy for like years at this point. So mm-hmm. now he's like in an apartment in Williamsburg with his like girlfriend who's 30 years, his junior, who's some actress. And, um, she calls him Abel. She's like, was oh, she, was she super hot? Nah, she was, but she was eh, not my style. Very like red hair, like pasty. Ooh. Red hair pasty. Yeah. And but so she called him Abel. Was she, she like foreign? She's like, Abel. No, she was American, but she was pretentious. <laughs> okay. So wow. I met her first. So, so Mike, my friend Mike is working for Abel and it's like making him crazy. Cause when you're a personal assistant, you're just like, you're on call. You're like an on call, oh, like yeah. indentured servant. And he's like, he's like, I had to get him the apartment. And he's like calling me about getting a social security. He's like, I don't know how to do all this stuff. And I was like, well, you know, this is just a cool experience for you to like get to be like on a movie set. And then that movie starred uh, Gerard Depardieu who was a famous like French actor. Oh my so, God. That guy lost his fucking mind though. Right. So he is Gerard like, Depardieu. Actors, like artists are sometimes like notoriously like cheap. So Gerard like decided that Mike was just going to be his free personal assistant too, since he was already working on the movie. So then Gerard started calling him, be like, hello, Michael, I need you to pick up my dry cleaning today. <laughs> my dry cleaning. I and need- so, uh, wasn't he, he like a, wasn't he like a, a, a super, super destructive alcoholic towards the end? Didn't he drink himself I mean, to He's death? still alive. He was like. Oh, I thought he died. No, uh, no, I don't think so. He was a French. There's, some, like, there's like a really damning video of him out there, like being drunk and like naked on the floor. He was like a leading man who then got really fat. And yeah, he got fat. Yeah, yeah. So he's like, you don't, you don't look at him and go like, oh, that guy looks like a movie star. But he was like the biggest movie star in France. Wow. Um, so Abel actually called Christopher Walken to be on that movie. That movie is um, made in New York. So it's based on the case of the, uh, the president of the uh, World Bank that raped the maid. With the name, of, so- the name of the so movie is called Made in New York? Yeah, the movie's called Made in New York. But it's okay. um, a true story about a guy who he was the, I think he was the president of the World Bank. And he... Um, he, um, he was accused of raping the maid in the hotel in the Sofitel in Midtown. And okay. it was a big trial. It was like a huge scandal. And so Abel made a movie based on that story. And right. I still have actually never wa- watched them. I tried to watch it and the movie starts with the rape and I'm like, nah, no thanks. I know. Yeah. Um, okay. not a good and, start to a, to a film. Uh, so, so Mike filmmakers out there. Mike's telling me all these stories and I, you know, at the time I'm trying to break into acting. I want to be, you know, in movies and I'm like, I'm so excited that he's like working like on a movie with a movie director. Right. And yeah. he, go, he goes, listen, he goes, and he, Mike was always trying to help me. He's always, he's the one who actually really encouraged me to do stand up. He's like, he's like, you should be doing this. He was my dog workers, walkers, a stand up and you're funnier <laughs> than he is. <laughs> I wonder who that was. I, I actually tried to figure out at one point. I didn't, I don't know. He might not yeah. even be doing stand up anymore. We, we either, if he is, we know him. And that's yeah, I don't, I don't. I think I asked him at one point. I didn't know the name. So maybe he's not even in stand up anymore. You know how many dog walker stand ups I know? But I didn't, like I didn't, five. I didn't recognize the name as a clock. So, oh yeah, there's so many. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mike calls me. He goes, listen, he goes, I talked to Abel and um, the girlfriend's cats are in Providence, Rhode Island. They, she like left them there with her friends. And their driver that the movie hired um, wants 700 bucks to drive up there to pick up the cats. So I told him that I have a friend who would do it. And I was like, oh, just tell him I'll do it for 350. And so like I got off of my restaurant job that I got my ship covered and I switched cars with my little brother because he had a nicer car. I was like, listen, Rob, 
wash your car, bring it to me in New York city. Like I'll explain later. Right. And, um, so I pick her up the next morning. I, I meet her at like the juice bar. She was like, there was like a, it was like a non, like a, a non-public juice place. It was like in like an, it wasn't like a store that you would go to. It was like a place, I guess, where celebrities got their, their juices made. Um, so I pick okay. her up there and she's just like very like kind of like dainty and like delicate in a way that I don't like women. Like, Are we I shooting like, on the redhead again? She, yeah, she was, she was the redhead. She's so she's just like very like fragile. <laughs> yeah. And so we're like, we go to Dunkin' Donuts and she's like, I would like a soy latte. Ugh. And then we're in like the middle of like nowhere, Connecticut. Yeah, no one's gonna and, have a soy latte. And she tastes it and she goes, I don't think this is soy. I was like, Well, do you want to say something? She goes, No. And so she just leaves the coffee on the counter and just walks out of the Dunkin' Donuts. I was like, She can't even handle Dunkin' Donuts. So, but we ended up being like, <laughs> yeah. We ended up like, you know, I tell their stories and I told her about like growing up on a farm in Jersey and how my dad's like a Sicilian immigrant. She's like, Oh my God, Abel is going to love your father. We should bring, we should bring Abel to meet your yeah. father. And I was like, that sounds great. So we pick up the cats. Like the whole trip takes about like seven, eight hours. We get yeah. to Williamsburg and she says the thing that I'm hoping for. She goes, do you want to come inside and meet Abel? Perfect. And I was like, of course I do. So we go in there. It's this beautiful loft in Williamsburg, like brand new. Like the whole, the whole wall is just, you know, window that's like 12 foot high. Oh my God. And he's typing on a MacBook and he's like furiously like pecking and he, be crazy how funny well, would it be no, how, how funny would it be if you you uh you find out he's the computer's off he's just fucking out of his mind so he's he is out of his mind he's like an ex-heroin <laughs> addict. he um he's he doesn't even acknowledge me i'm in the room and he goes <laughs> he goes these motherfuckers they give you two years to write a fucking script and then you got a week to do the fucking rewrites muck these motherfuckers and then i'm just like hey hi and she's like oh abel Peter was very nice and drove me to get the cats. And he's like, oh, yeah. He goes, are you a film guy, man? I was like, yeah. He goes, are you in SAG, man? I'm like, no. He goes, all right. And I was like, I'm going to go now because you're just sitting there pecking at your. He goes, no, stick around, man. Stick around. So he grew up like on Mulberry Street in New York. And he kind of talks like like bebop. Yeah. What is that accent? He like you might think he was Puerto Rican. He like he said the n word in a way that like it Whoa. sounded oh while like, you were there like, wait no he like said it like in conversation he while you were there yeah like we were like we went out you're so, outing him right now you realize no no it's, but he like he would say it like he said it in a you way sure? that like you know when like a white person says it and you're like no record, what skips? he said it like that's just like he's just like oh he, yeah 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 like like it's really misplaced yeah sure no but for him it was like it wasn't he, misplaced Got he, it, yeah. yeah he was just from the neighborhood and so. He goes, he goes, stick around, man. And then he puts on his shoes and he puts on a sweater like no one had ever put on a sweater before in human history. Like he's just like stuck inside the sweater and can't figure out how to get his head through the, like it literally took him like a minute so and a half. So strange. Just like not functional. This guy sounds a little bit retarded. Oh, he's great. I mean, he was on heroin for decades. Like oh, okay. crazy maniac. Okay. So. Yeah, you said his movies were pretty out there. Yeah, we yeah. go to outside and he's like i gotta get it you gotta i gotta get the thing you know like when the broom you sweep into the i was like a, a dustpan he goes yeah i gotta get one of those 
And he goes, and then I got to get the <laughs> thing. The fuck? I swear on. to God, he goes, he's got to be putting it on at that point. He goes, I got to get the thing, man. He's like, when thing, you, man, you put these like flip things. I was like a, yeah. a spatula. And uh, he goes, nah, nah, man. So we go to like a, oh, like a dude. <laughs> we go to like one of those like stores that like, it's not, it's like a, like a super bodega. So it has like a little bit of everything. I love so those. Like, like a really clean bodega. That's yeah. Like and um, he goes, yo, this is a rich ghetto, man. You know what a rich ghetto is? People don't realize that a gallon of milk shouldn't cost $6. Like he, but that's he's so just up like, your alley. You love, oh, he that was shit. like so crazy. You love shit like that though. Yeah. He just like such a character. Yeah. And he basically told Mike that he was going to find room for me in the movie. And then he never Fuck. did. And then Mike got pissed. Cause Mike's like, that's what, that's what he is. Like he says stuff. Yeah. And then he called, he had Mike call Christopher Walken a bunch and Christopher Walken never returned his phone calls. <laughs> he never returned Abel's phone calls. Yeah, because he's like, uh, I don't, I can't. Hard work to with work this guy with. Again. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's I not can, an easy this guy. This guy seems with. hard to work with, dude. But he but, seems fun, but just hard to work with. For it, sure. It's so interesting to me because, like, this guy, like, he, he he lives like this. Like he yeah. he has a an, a a sick apartment that the movie producers are paying for. He like lives from like movie to movie, so he makes like three movies a year. He's still making films. He's still making a bunch. And um, no, like that, not, that none of them are huge. Him? And I always like, like the reason I'm interested in guys, cause like I, again, this, I want to use this time. Like I have, I, I have an idea for like a pilot script. I have an idea for like a movie and I've never been able to just like sit down and buckle down and seeing this guy who's clearly insane, who <laughs> yeah. just like knows that, but he just knows that he's a filmmaker. Like there's yes. no question there's in his mind that. Yeah. that whatever he has to do. So he's literally starring in his first movie and he can't fucking act to save his life, but it doesn't matter. And the movie is shit, but there's something about that spirit of like, we're just going to make this movie, even if it's garbage. Right. Like and it's, it's still he ended up getting, he ended up getting discovered by Michael Mann. So he directed an episode of Miami vice in the first season of Miami vice, which that is, was his big which break. Is really good. And, and he's like, a- you know, big and, show obviously and then and then michael mann created another show called crime story um that wasn't it only lasted two seasons but um uh abel directs the pilot so that's a huge deal like to t- for a guy like a michael mann's uh stature to tap abel ferrara and say mm. i want this guy to direct the pilot yeah. so he he had some um some luck in that regard and then he but he also like was he he made some cool stuff like all these actors were were kind of unknowns, and right. it's like just before, like two years from 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 King of New York, you know, is Reservoir Dogs, and then Steve Buscemi blows up from that, and um, you know, uh, Lawrence Fishburne is like a couple years away from blowing up. Wesley Snipes is gonna do um, New Jack City like a year after this and blow yeah. up. Yeah, uh, he just he found a lot of these like New York actors, and even like Paul Calderon. Who's the guy who with the he's the black guy with the long hair, who um mm-hmm. he's the one who like rats, uh walking yeah. out and gets what killed. a brutal death that was. So that guy was supposed Woo. to be that guy's supposed to be Jules in Pulp Fiction. What and happened? He so I heard I heard Quentin say that originally Quentin actually wrote Jules for Lawrence Fishburne, and then Fishburne couldn't oh. do it. So yeah. then he wanted Sam Jackson and Sam Jackson was told that the part was his and Paul Calderon came in and had like a monster audition. Really? 
And Sam Jackson basically got a call from his agent being like, you, you blew it. Like this other guy's going to get the part. Sam Jackson got back on a plane and re-auditioned again and blew Quentin's like, like socks off. And so then he got, so Paul Calderon is in Pulp Fiction. He's the bartender who goes, my name is Paul and this is between y'all. Oh yeah. So like if, you, if you imagine though, I like. I would have not remembered that though. But if you, I mean, I'm like, you, I just rewatched Pulp Fiction the other day. I fucking, it's such a is, good movie. We got to do Pulp Fiction. What the fuck? It's are we unbelievable. Talking? How like, good that movie is. I couldn't, I didn't want to rewatch it for the longest time. And then just the other day I was like, I went back to it and I was like, and that's the thing I'm doing too. Like I'm, I'm rewatching stuff that's comforting more than I'm like seeking new things out yes. in this time. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like I've yes. been watching stuff that has nothing to do with like with, end of yeah. the world no, no, totally. or destruction. Um, and I'm, and I'm going like deeper into stuff that I already like, that gives me like joy and comfort. Nope. And, uh, I would rather spend time, time on the light, with that, you know, and like Pulp yeah. Fiction 94, I was 15 years old. Like that was such a huge movie for me, but I hadn't, I had seen it probably a hundred times the first five years it was out. And then since then I haven't really wanted to watch it. And like all That's of a sudden, crazy. Like, you know what? what are you talking I wanna, about? I don't it's know. It's a just, good rewatchable I, movie. Just watch oh, I, the no, Sam Jackson amazing. parts. But I, I mean, I know every part of it. I know <laughs> just watch all the, the Sam Jackson parts. I could literally turn it on on a loop. And never turn it off and just oh he's the he, Sam Jackson it, parts. It's it just so looks good. it it looks yeah. so cool. The music is so cool. Yeah. It's everything about it is fucking, you know, it, it's it's a really smart movie. Travolta is like a is his performance is like better than people give him credit oh, for. Oh yeah. No, no. It, everyone I mean, like honestly, everyone dopey. in the film is great. Yeah. But um so King of New York is like it's just like kind of riding that that wave of like New York actors who are just about to like blow up. Yeah. And yeah. um, so like Abel's really smart and like it's shot beautifully. It there's is so many shots of, there's so many shots of Christopher Walken, like through glass. Yeah. Through glass, light, walking where it's just like, slowly and you're like, Whoa, that's all. That's like, like a, it, it, it seems like it was put together very intentionally in a way though, that that's what makes the movie like ridiculous because it's like, it's so like, ponderous and like overly mm. serious about this guy who at the end is just a fucking drug dealer yeah i mean it really and and heartless too like it's like and i don't know if it's like it's like he's not Abe, redeeming like, it's like Abel he is be. like because at the time he was probably on drugs and he wanted to like justify himself maybe by creating sort of this like mythological because it's like because like the guy was murderous dude well, but like christopher like, walken's like code is that he doesn't want to be like in in sex trafficking he doesn't want to be like exploiting right people. he does have he a just code. wants to sell everybody drugs <laughs> yeah <laughs> which is just no but he wants it for his own money he said i i wanted to get rich off uh, off um what does he say he says something about getting rich the, the way he wants to or something yeah and this and it's i mean it's a really cool new york movie like he it lives is. in the he lives in the plaza hotel yeah and, and he's he always like, telling people come to the plaza so the funny story is at the time donald trump owned the plaza oh, okay and, so it was the trump plaza uh no it was, it was still just called the plaza but um because the hotel had been around forever and he just bought it mm. uh but uh so allegedly trump let them film for free uh if uh ivanka got a picture with christopher walken oh so he was a big he was like a huge deal at the time Sorry, what? I'm just I wasn't alive at this point. This is ninety, no, right? No, well, no, it just I mean, she she apparently was a Christopher Walken fan, so she wanted a picture well, with Christopher Walken and Donald Trump. I mean, Donald Trump like very correctly realized that this movie would like make the plaza like cool to like a younger, like hipper generation. 
Yeah. Um, and then there's like Pete Hamill's in it, who was like, you know, had been like the editor of the Post and the editor of the the Daily News. It's like a very New York movie. Oh my uh, god, I love. Yeah. And again, like right now, I'm like, I miss. I when I when I came back in the city today, I normally I take the George Washington Bridge and just like take the highway down to my apartment. Today mm-hmm. I came into the Holland Tunnel and like drove through the village. Such a romantic for the city, dude. I am. I do. I fucking you are. Do, I love it. My, it was my dream. And even like. Yeah. That's Even cute. when the city was shitty, I, lo- I loved it, you yeah. know? No, you're, just, you're in love with New York. I get it. And it just made me so sad to see just, like, empty. The city's just empty. And it, even more so at night because That's... people are literally, like, bunkering down. Well, it's sad what's going on. <laughs> like, so it's, it's understandable that it's sad to see it. Yeah. Like it's good. Think about how nice it's going to be, though, when everything's back to normal. Oh, people, and people, really there's nice. going to be like, and that's why I'm thinking that even no matter, you know, and like, let's hope that it's not, you know, for months and months in like a worldwide depression. Yeah. But the minute people get back to work, I feel like there's going to be like an eruption of. Yeah. We're just like wanting to work people wanting to make money people wanting to build stuff and do stuff it's got to have a positive impact like it, yeah. it, there's going to be some sort of positivity from this i could already feel even though that everything's unfortunately everything is political and everything that is political is like very toxic and i don't think that will ever change but individuals just on their own not talking about politics are definitely going through it right now and when we come back together it, it's going to be kind of that moment that New York City had after 9-11 where it was like super, um, hey man, you know, like I'm happy to see you. Like, oh, we're, we're all here, you know, like there was, I was young and I still remember that. I was super young in 2001, but I still remember the feeling of people like really like greeting each other and stuff. And like, we're, like everyone was in this together. Like everyone like was looking out for each other. And like, I, I don't know if it's going to be necessarily like that because of all the germ thing and everything. It won't, won't be as... But I think people are going to be so happy to see each other in a normal setting that it's just going it's, it, it's to be a positive thing. It's not going to be this like dreary return. This is too much isolation for, for Americans. Yeah. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm hope, I'm hope, I, I sometimes I, too, I do have a glass is half empty. I, I, I have a – I shouldn't, but I have like a poverty mentality. I think you, I think you called me out for this. Right? I just assume that like there's only so many pieces of the pie. So if somebody has a piece – I have, I have called piece. you out for this, yeah. And I, it's, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be that way. And I feel that way as like even with art where it's like, oh, it's not that know, way. there's too many comedians, so therefore there's not a spot for me. And I, I know that that's not true. That's, uh, that's called famine thinking. Yeah, and it's funny mm. because like – and again, my thing with Abel is like Abel – he makes the film and then it's, it's the making, the making of the film is the most important thing. Not, you know, to him clearly. So he, he said, I saw something in a couple of years ago, like in an article online. And this is like one of my favorite, like, like Hollywood things. He goes, always fly first class, even if you're broke, because you, you're never going to meet the guy who's going to finance your film and coach. And I was like, that's there. crazy, point. but like brilliant way to think about like, making art is that you just 100 percent right by the way and i was watching um uh another thing i was watching was apocalypse now because i also feel like we're kind of living in in that craziness but the documentary that comes with uh that uh francis for coppola's wife made during the making of apocalypse now and francis like almost went nuts making that movie like he wanted to like the movie took three years and that's actually it's funny because that's Lawrence fishburne's first film um he says that like 
Coppola says, he goes, he goes, I, he goes, I've never been great with money, but I've always felt that if I use my money, like in a bold way, it will come back to me. So if I have a thousand dollars to my name and I just do something bold with it, then I'll get more money. And, right. and like, that's like a, that's like a crazy, like art, it is artistic way to yeah. think about stuff. But I, I kind of feel like once, once the world goes back, um, I hope people are bold and how they they do things and they act and they make well, stuff and here's I think the thing artists should be bold but yeah you know not everyone's gonna be bold and that's good and not everyone should be bold with their day-to-day life yeah there's it's totally fine to have a normal job and it should be oh you know i don't even i don't even mean that i don't mean necessarily yeah. just take but just taking risks and stuff and like in in making things and doing stuff and doing it with passion you know, doing with passion and style and and making beautiful stuff. And um, I don't know. I, don't oh, know. Man, I, just, I mean, I, of course. Yeah. That, I hope that that's the case as well. I mean, I don't, I think people are, I think they're going to come back with that sort of fire. I think you're right. They're going to have like more, uh, feel more incentive to, to, to do a good job at whatever they're doing, or at least yeah. that's how I'm feeling right now. I really feel like for some reason, like back to what I was saying in the beginning, like this quarantining and all that, all this self-isolation and social distancing is making me want to create good shit and and just whatever i'm doing in the moment just make it be good even the shit that i always complain about like at at work at my day job i want to i want i'm like really motivated to prove that i could just do this from home maybe to make an argument later but also just maybe just like because what the fuck else am i doing with my time i have no social interaction this is this is the me and you talking is like the most social interaction i'm getting and um I'd rather just nail everything I'm doing, like whatever it is in front of me, my to-do list at work, uh, any jokes I'm working on writing, um, you know, things like that. Like this podcast, setting up the equipment, figuring out what to do. Like I really want to, I don't know. I just really, um, I'm, I'm turning it into a positive without even trying. It's like super motivating for me. And I, and I, I don't know if you know me, but, and you do a little bit, but anyone listening, I'm not, necessarily motive a motivated type of person in general so yeah, it's weird I, i'm oppressed by time constantly my age things i should feel like i should have we done already are. in this time and all that stuff yeah and, and, and it dawned on me it's like time doesn't exist right now yeah yeah it's no we're time. frozen we're so frozen. if today i spend the whole day cleaning up my fucking gmail i mean it's fine because what else what else was i gonna do today you know you or that we, today I started to a little bit and then, which I just like, there's a lot of paperwork that has to be done for like, for tax purposes for the house. I don't know if you uh, can see this. Oh no. I might, I mean, I have 14,000, I have 10,000 Four, emails. 14,294. Yeah, I have 10,000 on my, on my phone. But um, like, there's a lot of paperwork that has to be done to kind of finish up the house as far as like how much we spent on what and like for tax purposes and stuff. And like, I'm not, I don't want to do that, but like, I'm like, Oh, I, I don't have anything else to do. I might as well sit here and just take my time and do this. Um, not necessarily fun and romantic, but cause I do think like even, you know, making art too, it's like, it's not just glamor. It's like doing the drudgery. Yeah. I'm sorry. Are I'm taking th- a picture for the IG. I was like, say, are you taking a picture of the picture? Taking a picture of the picture. You look so what are we, are we going to stream eventually? So I've done a couple lives. I don't even know. I think Facebook is like hiding my live now. I don't know how any of this shit works. Oh, you're moving, dude. It's all blurry now. Oh, what do you want me to do? Nothing. Oh, you could talk, man. We're live. Um, yeah, that's funny. 
Uh, yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> that was the least gen- gen- uh, genuine that's funny I've ever heard. That's funny. <laughs> that was so not funny. <laughs> um, yeah, cool, man. What were you saying? Oh, uh, you were talking about going live again? Oh, yeah. I, don't, I guess I'm going to keep doing, like, trying to tell stories and stuff um, online. Yeah. And just make shit. Try to write this screenplay. Try to write this pilot script. Um, just keep making shit and see what happens. But um, we should release this episode, what, a couple days? Yeah. Uh, uh, I think the plan is it's going to go we might up. as well do two a week now, no? Yeah, we could do two a week. It's, uh, the plan is to put this on YouTube, uh, find a clip to edit, promote that clip, and direct people to the YouTube, and then post the audio feed. So we could post the audio feed on like Thursday, I'm thinking. Yeah, I would say. I mean, we could we yeah. could literally post it whenever, but I'm just saying I think we should post it on. Uh, we'll talk about this off air and everything, yeah. but yeah, I think that um, yeah, we're gonna just do all these video from now on because why not? Yeah, um, I think this is great. I think we're gonna we're gonna try to get a, a guest. Yeah, we should through Zoom. Once and, we um, have the clip to push out there, I think it'll be better because I. I would I would say yes to a podcast right now, but I'm just saying like if, if they see a video example, it'll be much more enticing. Yeah, because we had to cancel one episode already. Yeah, which we were gonna do last Tuesday um, or two Tuesdays ago. Yeah, and we have a, we have a couple people like kind of backlog that are ready to go, so we might as well get them on here. Yeah, um, I don't have anything to plug <laughs> except my. Follow me on Instagram. I don't know. Yeah, what's your handle, dude? The uh, Garachi, yo. Can you not ever do that again? Thank you. Uh, and the it's the Garachi, by the way. So the you Garachi. got it wrong. <laughs> you fucking got it wrong. I said the Garachi. What do you mean? Uh, I think it's a Garachi, yo. No, I said the Garachi. Okay. Word. Um. Uh. Yeah. I'm Alex Pashera on all social media and uh, follow Kill You Last Pod. Uh, on Instagram, kill you last pod. We'll be posting all our our stuff there. We'll also be posting it on our personal social media. But yeah, let's get Alex Payne back on. He wanted to do it. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of people, and and his episode has a lot of downloads. So let's get him back on. Yeah, well, <laughs> also, funny because we, we did Akira's kind of the end of the world. Yeah, type movie that we did. yeah we could we could touch on that too because that yeah. was a good one. I really like that movie too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just shared a, a our story. Um, yeah, I, um, I, I, I'm excited, uh, to, to do these, to do some more of these apps and, uh, yeah, we got nothing to promote except for the yeah, shit you're listening to right now. Everybody um, stay safe and healthy. Yeah. Let us know if the video sucks or if we could do anything, what we could do to make it better. I think we're doing a decent job, but just let us know. You know? Yep. All right, man. See you next time. All right. Bye. Bye.